Butterfly Evolution Show. This is Tammy. I'm your host, and I do have Andre here, who's going to be the host for tonight on the show. And for our topic, which is part two of Let's Talk About the Word. So, again, this is part two. We do suggest if you did miss part one of this, you missed a great show. It, it is really the introduction to what we hope to to start as a, a monthly or weekly or just whatever you guys, um, you know, promote and su- well, support, basically. But we want to just get as much out to you all and to myself because this is actually a learning, learning experience for me as well. So just want to um, thank you all for tuning in with us tonight, and we're in for a great treat. Those of you who are listening online with us, I am going to do that now. I'm in the process of opening up the chat line, so just hang tight there. If you do have questions or comments for us, just submit them there, and I'll get them out to Anthony just as quickly as we can. If you are not a registered follower, you will have to do that in order to submit your questions and comments, or you can just simply use the call-in number, which is 818-691-7406. Again, 818-691-7406. You do have to select the number one. The way that we will pull your call in is provide the area code and the last four digits of the number that you are calling from. So just want to, um, again, tonight's topic is let's talk about the word, and this is part two of it. We did, uh, again, have part one a couple weeks ago, and I'm going to go just a little bit into that, not much. You do want to go back and listen to that show but we basically, or Andre basically, I did not um, introduce etymology, which is basically the root of the origin. This is come, all coming from the previous show and what Andre gave us on that show. Uh, again, etymology is the root, the origin. Everything comes from somewhere or something. So we focused on or went to the Word, to the Bible, of course, John 1 and 1 and Genesis 1 and 3. You may want to go back and read those as well, but... Uh, the Genesis 1-3, uh, where God said, let there be light, and that was the word. The word came forth. So um, also, he talked a little bit about bad, and, and Andre, if you don't mind, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you come in and introduce yourself in just a second, but I'd like to just for you to kind of talk about, I don't know if you have planned on talking about that word again, but that was intriguing to me. He used the Michael Jackson um, as an example. So, and then, of okay. course, what grammar is, which is our language, I'm going to let you, we talked a little bit about that off the air, but if you don't mind, those are two things. Um, there were many things on that show, but, but just that example that you used of Michael Jackson and the song, Bad, and then what took place in his life after that, and then grammar um, being our language, of course, and what the, what it means, what, what you know, what grant the origin or root of grammar means. So, if you don't mind, tell us. Um, again, about yourself because we have some new listeners tonight. So just kind of introduce us again to you and, and etymology from your standpoint. I'll turn it over to okay. you. Okay, wonderful. Um, before I go into the questions, uh, uh, my given name is uh, Andre Curry. Um, my my name as a uh, indigenous Aboriginal Moor uh, by declaration is Ramiel Elbe. And um, uh, what we're going to be dealing with tonight is just etymology, linguistics, which is telling right out is the origin of words. And when you're dealing with those scriptures, that you know, you have the John 1, 1, as it says in the beginning, was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. 
And what we did in show number one, we referenced that back over to the creation story. And then as you go through the references of the creation story, you know, you find out how powerful the word is. So that's what I'm here for tonight. That's what I'm going to be dealing with um, and so on and so forth. And let me make sure I got you got it correct. You want me to talk about the word bad and kind of reiterate what we spoke about last week and the word and the word grammar, right? Correct. Okay. I'll start with grammar. <clears throat> the word grammar, why it was so we went into it and why it was so important is because we send our children to grammar school every day. So this is somewhere, you know, we're sending our, our, our children to and we generally as a people or as a nation, not just us as Asiatics, uh, but most people don't take the time to look up words. You don't take the time to look up the things that, whether it's your doctor, your dentist, your principal, your judge, anyone, anything that people tell you, you take it as the gospel. And we've got to get out of that. And that's really the purpose of this show. And the word grammar becomes so important because when you get to the etymology of the word grammar, you find out that it means to cast a spell. So the word grammar comes from the word uh, grimoire or grimway, and the etymon, the origin of that word, means to cast a spell. And so this is where we send in our children to, you know, when we send them to grammar school or what we call elementary school. But most commonly, it's called grammar school. And we're having spells cast on our children. They're being taught, taught lies. They're being taught all these different things, and, and as I may mention last week, a lot of times we don't understand why our children come home rejecting uh, this education system. But most of our Asiatic children come home and they reject it. And it was interesting, <clears throat> before I go into the word bad, I, I, was, I was actually privileged yesterday to be uh, invited up to a school to uh, – a high school to lecture or to speak with the sophomores there that are going into a leadership program. So I was honored to be asked to come in and be a part of a leadership program to import some knowledge to the to the children who are going into their program. And the program itself was about learning to love your own reflection and and uh, learning you know learning to love yourself. And I asked him an interesting question, and it goes into this word grammar and casting a spell. I said, you know, how many of you actually feel like this education you're getting is just not really relevant for you? And these were all of our children. These were um, the so-called Mexicans, uh, the so-called black children, uh, the so-called uh, Tongan and Samoan children. So these are all Asiatics by descent. Every single person raises their hand. Every single what, one. What age? What age? If you don't mind me asking, what age were you speaking with? Was it a? These were these were sophomores in high school. So what is that? Okay. Fifteen. About fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. 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 Every single one of them raised their hand, though, Tim. Every single one. They all feel like this system is not there for them. That they're not learning anything, but what was the most interesting um, question that I asked and that I got, the same response. If I said, how many of you feel like the people, adults around you, don't understand what you're dealing with and don't understand what you're going through and tend to talk at you instead of speaking 
with you. Without hesitation, I mean the hand shot up. Without hesitation, and the hand just shot up. And it was interesting because all I did is ask him, simply ask him the question of, tell me about your genius. I said, I went around the room, I said, tell me about your genius. Tell me what makes you great. Just that one simple question engaged all the students because it, it, it showed them that they were going to have a voice in this discussion and that I wasn't here just to preach to them. And I just, I just thought I'd share it because I think that we, we send our kids off to these grammar schools. We wonder why they reject the education, the, the education we're giving them. And then when they come home, we just send them off to their room or, you know, holler and scream at them um, and, and basically don't even come, come to their level to deal with them. And we've got, to, we've got to get out of that habit. So now, to move back on, on track to the word bad. The word bad, we, we talked about Michael Jackson, and, and I think what we brought up was um, the bad album. The bad album came out, I think you guys, you guys told me it came out in what, like 89, 90? Is that right? Right. Oh, okay. And so if we remember that, the, you know, the number one song off that, off that album was I'm Bad, I'm Bad. And last week we traced the etymology of the word bad, and it goes back uh, to uh, an old English word. And the word itself means a effeminized man or a hephemaphrodite. And I always think that word is interesting because we call our little boys bad all the time. Michael Jackson called himself bad. Before that bad album, I would even go to say before he started working on that, that bad album, he looked a little bit more uh, like himself. After that bad album, he began to distance himself from himself and became more effeminized as the word that he kept saying on that album would project him to be. And that is the, that is the science of these words that we need to get into. And I thought that uh, you, Kimmy, um, on, a, on a sidebar discussion brought, brought in an interesting scripture. Do you know which one that was, the one in Hebrews? Um, I thought, let me get back and find that one. I do, because I sent it to you. I was reading right after the show, actually, I believe. But I mm-hmm. will find that. I will get to that one. Uh, give me just a second. I will get to it because I did keep it. Yeah, no problem. I thought that it was an interesting scripture, and I do have it here. Um, you do? Okay. Yeah, I have, have it here. I have interesting scripture because, as, as you as you seen, um, that the Bible, if we just read it, instead of having someone teach us what it says, explains everything to us. Now, I don't care what your uh, religious doctrine is, whether you're talking about the Torah, uh, the Quran, the Bible, they all come from the same place. And we'll go into that a little bit later. But all of these books explain the, the origin of the world, they explain the origin of man, they explain these things, but we tend to, we tend to go, go with what we're told it says. And when we're dealing with the word, <clears throat> I really like that scripture that you brought up. It was Hebrews 11.3, and it says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word 
of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things or visible. So once again, it says, we understand that the worlds were framed. Framed means to build, form, by the word of God. Now, since you're the one about this, sister, let me ask you, before I move into the history of these words, when you read that, what did, what did you kind of get from that? What did, what did you see when you read it? I was more so, well, a, a good number of things, but more so about the things that were, were formed just by the word, but those the things were, some of them were the invisible, invisibility, I guess, is more so, because some of the things we speak, well, a lot of the things we speak, a lot of the words we use, we don't understand the root of those things, so we don't there's some we don't understand even the things that are visible and invisible to us. That power, that energy that we are speaking. So it just it kind of just made that show so much more real. As you had spoke about the Genesis and um, John Genesis one and three and John think one and one we talked about, but the word that really got me there was those things that are invisible. So there's there's so much more to the words that we speak, but we just speak them because we, in, with an understanding of what we've been taught, not really basically from the root of those words and their true meaning. Correct. So when I'm seeing that, you know, I get the same, you know, basically the same understanding as, as what, what you got from it. We have to really start paying attention to what we say. And I mean, we have to really get past the spookisms of, of these different religions and these different creeds, and we really have to start paying attention to what we say. Because right now, every day, we're speaking a reality into existence that we know not of its origin because we don't understand words. You look at our community, you look at the state of our children, we've been calling our little boys bad for the past 30 years. Now, right now, our little boys are walking around in tight pants with them pulled down with their underwear showing. Now, I don't remember a time in history where men wore pants this tight because, what, that was more of, an, of a feminized, feminized thing that women did. But our little boys who we've been calling bad are now emulating, emulating women because the word itself speaks that into their existence. So what you're doing is that you're casting a spell on your own children because you don't simply understand what you're saying to them. I mean, and it's pretty much that simple. We have to turn off these shows, and we've got to start reading. You know, I, I was in a discussion, <clears throat> what was it, probably about a week ago, um, and I think I brought it, brought it up last week about reparations and so on and so forth and how we deal with this word black. And all of us, you know, uh, we were on the black power thing and so on and so forth, but we don't even understand what the word black means. So we went over that a little bit last week. But I wanted to introduce the history of the word more. And I'm going to read it. And, I, and before I do, um, as I told everyone last week, you can open up two extra pages on your computer. And the first page, uh, you can Google this. And, and it's probably etymologydictionary.org or even .com, but you can Google E-Y-T-O-M-O-L-O-G-Y, etymology, online dictionary and bring up that window, okay? 
Now, after you bring up that window, bring up the Noah Webster. I think it is the 1842, no, 1828, I think it is, online dictionary. And you can bring that up in the two different windows so that whenever I'm reading anything, you need to, be, you need to look it up. If you don't have a pen and a paper, please grab it because I'm about to dive into the historical aspects of these things, and we really do have to get away from taking someone's word for it. So don't take my word for it. I'm like Brother Kabaha Watts. I would deny I ever said it. Look it up. Do your own research. Don't come asking me to be your teacher. Ask me to give you some keys because that's what my mentors are giving me. They gave me keys. And then I ran with those things and I did my research. And I've probably spent, I mean, I can't even, I spent at least, I say, two to three hours every day doing research, literally, every day. I have the option because of the type of work I do. So we have to get past, you know, get to this point where we are willing to really do this, get to understand what real knowledge is because we have the obligation as adults to pass it on to our children, okay? So you should have those, those um Windows open right now. So if you want to look up the word more, and that word becomes important because we need to deal with identity. And I'm going to end up coming full circle back to this, but I want to introduce it early so you can follow along when it's introduced in the middle. Okay? And the word, let me get you here, the word more, see, it says, more, uh, French for Mori, Mori, Latin for Morris, a Moor, a Mauritanian, inhabit of Mauritania. Now, I don't want to put you on the spot, Sam, but do you know what Mauritania is? No, I don't. I told you I'm okay. learning. Okay. So Mauritania is in Africa, West Africa. Okay. So, and I'm, and I'm bringing that up in a, as, as we're going because I want everyone to follow along. So, Mauritania is in West Africa, what we now today call West Africa. Okay. Okay. And it's, um, let's see, it comes from Greece, Moros, uh, and it means black or dark. So, okay. Now, it is, it says, a native of Morocco or neighboring North African States of Arab or Berber blood, or of a mixture of the two. It says a Muslim of one of the native North American races, or of the immigrant Arabs settled in North America, especially one of the uh, Sarcenic invaders of Spain, or their descendants. It says in the Middle East, especially in southern India, and Ceylon, a Muslim telling you right there that there are some people who you call Moors in India and Ceylon. Now then in definition four it says one of a group of people of mixed Indian, white, and Negro blood living in southern Delaware. So you have Moors in Delaware. Okay, according to their traditions, they are descended from the shipwrecked sailors of the colonial period. Now, did you ever hear of some shipwreck sailors from the colonial period named Morris? I did not, but I can remember, no. Okay. Now, 
And you're saying it's the M O O R M O O R S. Right. Okay. M O O M O M O O R more. Okay. Yes. So early in that in that definition, it said it used the word black. So it used the word tells you that the people who were calling themselves black, the the original term was more. Hmm. For you as a nationality. Okay, now that's important, and I'm going to end up coming back to that. But I want that I want everyone to just kind of follow that. Your original term for your nationality, I should not your original because it wasn't original. I want to be clear, not your original, but the last ones in law, back in colonial period, was more. It already told you in that definition that the Moors were people of North and it mentioned West Africa but it actually goes further back than that. Now, when we dive back into the history of Africa, since we're dealing with the Moors, let's go back to early civilizations because there are some key words that come out of the early civilizations that we're using today. One of those, when you had the migrations going on, you had the early settlers uh, in Africa in what we call Sudan, uh, to Ethiopia. So that was not their ancient name, but that's what we call them now, so we'll, we'll deal with that. So these people migrated up, up what we now call the Nile River. Okay, but now remember that the, the uh, Nile River runs north, excuse me, south to north, not north to south. So when you hear the term upper and lower, it's the reverse of what we consider upper and lower here. Now, the people from the Sudan and from Ethiopia uh, were, of course, dark people, okay? And so we had these different, different systems of living, different spiritual systems. Now, if you go back and you start tracing uh, some of the original terms used for, the, the, for creation itself. So there's a story called the Enad that deals with the creation of the universe. Okay, this Enad um, is actually going to, going to end up being with what we end up finding in the Bible as a creation story. But now this civilization that we're dealing with, we're going back to the ancient civilization. This is thousands of years predating the Bible. I mean, and I, and I mean thousands. I don't, you, you can go 40, 50, 100. Uh, all of those will be correct depending on how far back your research can go. But, we, but the civilization that we have writing for, we're talking about at least uh, 40,000 years here of history. And, and, and Andre, if I may, if, if I may, if you could hold it right there for just a second, because I know this is, this is the type of information that I feel people are hungry for, but maybe like the, the verse out of Hebrew, they don't, they don't know what is um, unseen um, that has such a relevance in their life. So tell us, in your opinion, and this may be something we need to talk about or, or repeat later as people continue to come in, why is it important, even what you're talking about now and as we go deeper into understanding the, the, the origin, the etymology of, of the words, why is it important? Why do you feel is it, it is important, especially now at this time, that it's important that we know or understand? Okay, okay. I think that's a great question. There's two answers to that. One I'm going to give you later, 
and then I'll give you the first one now. Okay. We, as Asiatic people, okay, and remember the term Asiatic comes from the fact that the continents of what we now call Africa was one continent until it was colonized and broken up, and it was no Orso or Asia, okay? So our name Asiatic, okay, is our, is our race, is Asiatic. Now, we are, as Asiatic people, are the only people on this earth who will tell you that history does not matter because we are the only ones who bought into this lie that was told to us that history doesn't matter. Asians preserve their history, even if they add some lies to it to make themselves look better. Europeans have, have completely lied about all of the world's history to make themselves look better. Okay, and you can go to all the different nationalities except us. When you understand history, history builds value. When I, when I get to understand our history and our accomplishments and our failures, then I can see the true value of myself. For instance, if I'm talking to a student who hates math, but then I turn around and he says, well, I don't think, you know, that's acting white. You know, our students, you know, our kids say that a lot, a lot of times about stuff. Oh, that's acting white. You know, you walk around, you talking like this, blase, blase. But if I turn around and I tell them, well, did you know that the English language actually comes from the script of your ancestors, that every language on this earth actually comes from the script of your ancestors. Every single one comes out from Metanetta. So you invented all languages. So in fact, and in truth, you cannot mess up what's your own. English language is your own language. They perk up. They're like, really? We invented that? When I talk to children about math, and they want to attribute math to all these Greek scholars, but then I bring out the fact that mathematics came strictly out of Egypt. And, and you can, and I've showed them the references. The pyramids being built at, at 90 degree angles of perfection. That the children know the right. This is sacred geometry. This is the, the, the calculus geometry. Everything they study, it builds pride. It builds value. 90% of your value comes from you understanding your history. Because without your history, you have no starting point. So you have nothing to be proud of. It, it is your pride. We are the only stubborn fools walking around here saying that history doesn't matter. You will never hear an Asian say that. You will never hear a European say that. You won't hear it. You will never hear them dishonor their ancestors by saying their ancestors were bad. You will just hear us say that because we bought into the lie. So just, to, just on the one point, we have to understand it because we have to get back to loving each other. And if we don't start understanding our own value, meaning that all these things that the world uses, we invented the cell phone, we invented the computer, the first air, air flight took place, actually the first air flight took place thousands of years ago, but that's a, that's a whole other story. But there's another flight that took place in Spain before the Wright brothers that was Asiatics that did it. Um, all, all these things we invented. But when you learn that somebody else invented it, you don't connect to it. So you don't see that you've ever accomplished anything. So you no longer believe that you can accomplish anything because you've never seen that your people have. So does that answer at least that part of it? 
It does. It does. And I, I wanted to get that out there because, again, I feel like so many people will, will even as they tune in, will think, well, this is a little bit deep or this is, this is not something, you know, not what I thought mm-hmm. it was, but, but, but hang in there right. because if, if, if even you, you hang in there because you see such, uh, if you just look at the world today and our children, you with meeting with the kids just, I believe you said yesterday, and them saying, those kids saying, I don't see any value in what I'm being taught because if they, if they feel like you're teaching them um, for something that they don't feel like they're worthy of anyway, then why am I here? Why, why am right. I here learning this if I know I, there's, no, there's no real value to me? Until we learn to value ourselves, which you said, that is also knowing our history, who, who will help you know who you are so that I can love you just like I love myself, but there's so much lack of love. So this is important. People may look at it and think, oh, that has nothing to do with, with this or that, and we run from the truth, we reject, reject the truth, and all of it does not have to be your truth. So open up your minds tonight, people, and, and receive what, what fits you and the things that don't, you know, you, you deal with that on later. But listen because, again, if nothing else, look at what's going on, especially with our children, the lack of self-worth, hopelessness, even in adults. So if, it's, if we've been doing it right, if we've been speaking it right, learning it right, then something has gone wrong. <laughs> so keep going. Yeah, exactly. So let's jump back into the, the, the story of the, uh, of the Enoch. And, again, the Enoch is the story that goes into the heliotech. The heliotech is what you call the Bible. Okay, the, the word heliotech, which just means, which means a book, okay, it becomes what you mean, what goes on to be called the biblios, which becomes the Bible. Okay, and in that story of creation, you have um, Ptah, now, the word Ptah um, is known as the first creator. So this is the first name of what we will call uh, the creator, Ptah. And that word Ptah, and this, that story of the creation comes from Ptah, if you go into and you read the hieroglyphs or you read a, a book called The Papyrus of a New, or it has a few different titles. The, most, the biggest one on the book is called The Book of the Dead because it was named, a European named it, and by uh, E. Wallace Budge. And, but it's really called, the real name of the book is The Book Coming Forth Two Days, Two, uh, yeah, two Days, Three Nights. Or, yeah, I think that's right. And he does a good job of breaking down what these different signs and symbols were. But you have Ptah. Ptah did the work of creation from thought. Okay. Now, I want you to key in on those two words because you use those words today, Ptah and thought. Okay. Ptah, the P-P-T. Okay. The P-T-A sound becomes the F in English. And then Ptah goes on to become the word father, which goes on to become the word father. So Ptah becomes father, which goes on to become the word father. 
So father is an ancient word that comes from your ancient script, from Puta, who was the original name of the creator. So today you're calling the name of the creator all these different things that, is, that aren't ancient. But the ancient name is Puta. Now he did the work of thought. Thought is a very interesting word because you're still using that today also. Thought becomes uh, Jehuti, which goes on to become Tehuti. Now, from Jehuti, this is where you get the origin of the name Jew. Jehuti, Jew. Okay, now, but the word thought, T-H-O-T-H. Thought. That word goes on to become thought because the word thought or the, the principle of thought in ancient times was holy intellect. So that was the thought process, the holy intellect. Thought, holy intellect was located inside of your what's called your mandula oblongata. That was the science. Thoth was the sign or symbol for the medulla oblongata. The medulla oblongata houses all of your ancestral memories and all of these different life experiences, past life experiences, all these different things are stored in that medulla oblongata, and that is thought. That word thought went on to become the word thought, T-H-O-U-G-H-T. Thought from thought. The word from thought, we get Jehuti. Jehuti becomes Jew. So, you, so are you seeing how the correlation of, of some of that? How we have all these, these scripts was taken and now they're turned into these words we're using, but we don't know where they come from. So, the, the world was built off of our ancient script and our ancient understanding. But we're, we're dislocated from them. When these great people, our ancestors, travel up to now, they, they uh, found this great civilization, uh, which goes on to be called Hikkuta. Hikkuta, when they, the, the people, the Romans and Greeks, uh, could not pronounce the language. And I think we got into understanding that they couldn't uh, they couldn't say or pronounce our ancient languages, which is where we get the word Inga and, and Naki, which becomes the word nigga. Okay? But they also couldn't pronounce or, or deal with the word Hikkuta. And, and even today, we're saying it a little different. We're still standing in it with an English, an English version of the word because they did not have vowels back then. So there was no vowels. So everything was consonants, which is where you get in the English language the word consonant because the consonants don't change, but the vowels can be are interchangeable. So this is why they teach you this in class, but they don't tell you that it comes from the fact that everything comes from a consonant, and the consonants that they first form their language from comes out of the script of ancient Alkevalon. Alkevalon, again, is what we now call Africa. The, the ancient word for Africa is Alkevalon. Okay, so Hikkuta, um, 
goes on to be by the uh, Romans and the Greeks becomes Egypt. So from Hikpuka, we get Egypt. Now, what's interesting is that Egypt was a name of a place inside of the place uh, inside of the capital of Hikputa, which was Memphis. So Memphis was the capital of Hikputa, and it had a place in it called Egypt because of the way that the mindset of the Romans and Greeks thought. They thought that the whole place should be called Egypt, and so they changed it to Egypt when they conquered and when they wrote things. Now, when they got into there, they found, they found a vast civilization. All of the um, scholars that we hear, Socrates and all of these people, plagiarized the, the, their learning from, from the uh, books out of Alexandria. Alexandria, the Library of Alexandria, is the largest library to ever be on the earth. Now it's only to be succeeded by the Library of Congress. The Library of Congress is the only library to, to ever be as big and as vast as the Library of Alexandria in Hikpata or Egypt. With Alexander, who the, the Library of Alexandria goes on to be named after invaded, I think, I think it was um, Socrates that he took with him. And they burnt up over 200,000 books because we had over 500,000 books and we were dealing with scrolls and papyrus. Papyrus just means paper. Okay? So what we call paper today comes from the word papyrus. And they burn up all these scrolls and papyruses and then they take a bunch of them and they rewrite them or not even rewrite a lot of them. They just put their names on them and say they came up with all these different philosophies. If you read the book, a book called Stolen Legacy, it will go into, it will transimpose the philosophies of Plato, Socrates, and all, all these people next to um, the understandings coming out of ancient Akevalon at this time and Hikpatak and you'll see the correlation that they were completely stolen from us. So when we got conquered over there in Hukpata, uh, everything about what we were doing I mean, it ended up getting plagiarized, um, stolen, and rewritten. And so this was the beginning of us becoming more of a lost civilization. Now, one of the problems that the Anglo-Saxons had at this time is that they had no history. And what they ended up doing is because they had no history in everything that you're reading, even when you read about ancient Greece and Rome, okay, and I do mean ancient. When I speak of ancient, I don't speak of anything you read in the Bible as ancient, none of it, because I'm going back way past that. Okay, that's not to insult any of these books. That's not ancient history. That's modern history. Okay, so what they did is because they had no ancient history, they transposed themselves into ancient history. What you read about a lot of the accomplishments about ancient Greece and Rome, and I 
ancient Grecian Rome, not the modern version of Grecian Rome, was Julius Caesar. But those were Asiatics in Grecian Rome. When you read about the Venetians, the Venetians were the first people to inhabit what we now call Italy, and they were in what we now call Venetia, which is in Italy. This is why your southern Italians are dark, because the first people there were the Venetians. Now, the Venetians were Ethiopians. So those are people who were purely Asiatic. These are Ethiopian people because the Venetians were known by their valor as, as the first sellers of the, of the seas, of the oceans. They were the supreme sellers. They, had, um, they were seamen who could do anything on there. They had vast amounts of boats. Uh, they knew how to navigate all, you know, all the oceans and the water. Okay, these are the Venetians. The Venetians going there, and they inhabit what we now call Spain or Italy, Rome, all those places uh, for thousands of years. Okay, and they set up these different civilizations. Now, when you get into the Venetians, the Venetians had a small family, a family feud within themselves. And when they had this family feud, some of their family left and went on to establish what we hear of Carthage. Carthaginians, you, when you hear about the Carthaginians, have you, I don't, hope, hopefully some of you guys have heard, heard of these people, but if not, get into your history books. I mean, write down the word Carthaginians um, so that you can find this information. Don't just listen, and, and by all means, don't wait to call in. Call in now if you want to call in. Don't hesitate because some of this information I'm going past, and you may have a question about it, and the most important thing that we need to do is address your question to make sure that there's clarity before, you know, before we finish this part of it, okay? So when you get into the Carthaginians, you hear of the Punic Wars. The Punic Wars were fought between Carthaginians and Rome. The Carthaginians, again, were the cousins of the Venetians. And you hear of Hannibal, Hannibal the general. Uh, that's, that, he's the most popular one. And he's the one who took the fight into Rome, um, and so on and so forth. And this was the start of the war between the Asiatics and the Anglos. Now, they weren't called Anglos back then. We're dealing with people. They were Caucasus, nomads, and Aryans, and so on and so forth. But those are the people you call white people today. But they're really not white because people aren't crayons. Is there any, any before I move forward, because I'm about to skip forward a little bit, any questions about that, then? Um, No, no questions. But as, as you were speaking, I, it made me think about a time when I, may have no no um, real value to what you're saying, but for me, when I first learned that there were light-complected African-Americans at, at that time, and I don't know if that's even the word we should be, be calling, using, but, you know, we had this, this portrait in our mind of all Africans looking alike and are we Africans or are we not, are we black and all that. But I remember when I first, me, 
first, and I think I was in high school, just or maybe just graduated, and a classmate married someone from Africa, and, you know, we instantly thought, had this picture in our mind of what she must look like, and she was totally the opposite. So, again, just just to, 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 again, hopefully let people know why it is important for me. I mean, for me it is because I realize the more I learn, the more I realize I know nothing. <laughs> what I thought was the truth for me to really get an understanding. So the more I learn, the more I realize how much I don't know and understand. Right. Well, and I think that any... Any scholar will tell you the same thing, no matter how long they've been studying. I mean, I think what we have to realize is that we're dealing with a lost history that has been not just lost but buried on purpose. Um, And we're dealing with, you know, knowledge of the earth, and the earth has been here, civilization has been here. We're talking about 20, 30, 40, 50. You know, you can trace some things that go back 200,000. There's even been things that, that go back a million years. And... We, again, we bought into a system and a story that says 6,000 years, but that's just not true, okay? But I think you did, you know, you brought up a point of actually where I was going next because I was going to skip past that part, um, some of the middle, middle section of, of the history, and I wanted to go into something I thought was very important, which was the Moors in Spain. Now, have you ever heard yourself of any of the, of the history of the Moors in Spain? No, no. Okay. So if you don't mind telling me, uh, if you remember, do you remember any of the history that they told you about the, um, when the lights came on in Europe, you know, the, the Renaissance and so on and so forth? Do you remember that history when they taught it? Because, I mean, it was a long time ago in elementary school, I think, when they bring that, those lives up. When the, say that one more time. Well, you you how you hear about the Renaissance in Europe? Uh huh. Okay. Do you remember any of that history they taught you? Oh Lord, no. It's, uh, absolutely yeah. not now, for sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Most, I mean, honestly, most of us don't. Um, but I want to skip to Seven Eleven. So we we deal with some of the words that we have um, coming out of the the text. And I will say this, if you want to learn more about the, the, the actual text of the Metaneta and how they become the text of Arabic, Latin, which are all African languages. So Arabic and Latin originate out of, out of Africa. Okay? And if you want to get a, a better understanding of that, then you need to get an understanding of the Metaneta because we, we as an ancient people deal with signs and symbols. So we had the supreme axiom was as above, so below, so within, so without, meaning that everything exists on a law of polarity, okay, negative, positive, left, right, up, down. Okay, for everything, there's a, there's a, you are on the end of the polarity chart. When you get to understand the true science of picking a mate, Europeans say that, you should not be with someone who is the opposite. African understanding says you should be with someone who is your 90-degree opposite, which is your direct opposite, because we're talking about polarity, balance, 
yin, yang. There's no such thing as two yin. There's no such thing as two yang. Okay? And that is our history. That's our understanding. We, this was not something we thought. This is something that we knew. Okay? So when you want to get into that, you, you trace the, it's called the meta, meta. M-E-T-A, N-E-T-R. And you can look it up, and there's a lot of YouTube videos with a lot of, you know, more teaching the meta-meta and, and how the script went into English, you know, and so on and so forth. Okay? But I wanted to get into the Moors in Spain, and I wanted to deal with slavery. Because, and this, because I feel like we need to get a broader understanding of who, who the first slaves were. Okay, the first slaves were black people. Now, what did I just say? Um, do, you, do you remember when we went into the word black last week, Jen? Um, I remember you talking, right, I remember you talking about, you brought that word up, but I don't remember exactly what you said about it. Okay, the first slaves were the black people or the niggers. Those were the first slaves. But when you get to understand etymology, you realize that the word black is a high German word that comes from the word uh, black, a black. Okay. And it means to brighten, it means to gleam, or it means to whiten or bleach. So then if I just said to you, and we're just dealing with critical thinking, so excuse me if I'm asking you, certain questions, but what I'm trying to get not so much you to do, but the audience that's listening to do is put on their critical thinking cap and not just listen. Think through these things because, again, we have to start thinking and stop listening to people tell us something. I'm hoping that no one on this line believes anything I say. I really do. I hope that whatever I say just gives you some information to research and validate or discredit if you can, seriously. Okay, so if I'm telling you that the word means to brighten, to green, to bleach, or, um, or to whiten, who did I just say was black? Okay, you're saying that the word means, that's what the word black means, to lighten, to white, and, and what was the other one? To green, green, G-L-E-A-N, or bleach. Yeah, E-A-N, Okay. Or the leech. Mm-hmm. So who who are the white people? Excuse me, who are the black people? Gosh, would it be the white people? It would have to be. Based on, the, based on the understanding of the word, the black people are actually the people you keep calling white. Hmm. So that also means that if the word nigger, N-I-G-G-E-R, means black, then who is the nigger? Hmm. Okay. You see how that thing just switched up? You see that? Mm-hmm. You see how that whole understanding, when you get to the word, if the word black means to, to pale, to bleach, to gleam, or to whiten, then the people that you, you call Europeans or white people are the people who are actually black because they are the only people who are pale, bleached, whitened. 
okay. Where where would someone where like where would someone if they just wanted to research just that, like what would be the best place to start with um with just the definition that, of that, that little that little message right there, and even going into deeper, yeah, the def, well, I guess the definition would be for what you gave us at the beginning of the show, um, the dictionary. But if they wanted to dig deeper, just for that, those, those, that few little, that little lesson that you gave us right there, because I think that alone, for those, as we try to keep people engaged in this, in this topic, and this is one of my favorites that always make me wonder: Black History and Black History Month being in February. 28 days, the shortest month. Why? Why is there a Why is there a separate time or a designated time for that? And and as I as I grow and and under, try to understand more, it makes me think that that there's so much you want you don't want me to know about my value, about who I am, about who my ancestors Bingo. were. Exactly. Because why would you not like the kids you talk to? If they were able to pick up that history book and see the things that I have since learned since I came out of high school, that people that look like me invented, that they had, they had something within them that made them do things that was unimaginable to me. So unless, for, for not been those people in my life who encouraged me and said, yes, you can, yes, you can do, and, and, and so forth, had I went on just what I saw in the book and what I and, and not being taught anything different, I could be that same child who says, "This is, this is, this is all good, but this is not my story. This is not my future because there's no one in here looks like me." So even if for those who are listening, if that alone does not make you say it's worth looking into, because our kids do look in books and they don't see people who look like them that have invented much of anything. But look how much they put our rappers on the news. Look how much they. I mean, they can get all all the news they, in the world. It's bad. So that alone, if so, where would someone start? And you don't have to say that now. Maybe before the end of the show, just kind of give people a a, a good way to start slowly because it's a lot of information. It'll make you it'll make your mind just go. Yeah. Well, the, the, that word black and should cause you to do what I call your Scooby Doo moment, where you know and and. The, the cartoon where he's going, what? <laughs> you know, because you, you keep calling yourself something that is the opposite of you. And so if you want to, but if you want to find that information, that, that etymology, um, on that online etymology uh, dictionary that I told you actually contains it. Now, I will warn you of this. We're going to have to, when we find stuff, print it out. Go buy the book now, because the more we are coming, becoming conscious and coming out of this coma they put us in, the quicker these, these, this information is changing online. And I'm telling you that this they are changing this information so quick on that same etymology dictionary, the true definition of the word black used to be on top one year ago. Now that definition is about five definitions down hoping that people will, get, will not read that far down to get the real definition and the etymon of the word. Mm. And so we have to print it out. Don't depend on it being there tomorrow. 
But you can also get a book by John Jordan. I forgot the other uh, Anglo-Saxon guy's name who wrote the book. It's called uh, White Cargo. John Jordan, and it's called White Cargo. And that deals with the uh, European slave trade. But I'm about to dive deeper into that because there are some things that we need to know about that because we talk about our greatness, but we also got to talk about you know, how we fail from greatness. Uh, but that book, and even though I don't agree with all the premises he wrote that book on, um, he, you know, his premise is that these things are covered up um, for the opposite of the really, what they're really covered up for. They're covered up to keep you in darkness. And so, because they never want you to know who the first slaves were. But the reason they don't want, want you to know who the first were, slaves were um, being that the first slaves were the blacks or the niggers, is because you're the person who enslaved the blacks and the niggers. See, when you read, there's another book, it's called The History of White People. And um, I will post that on the the author's name, because I don't remember it. I, um, I probably can look it up while we're talking, but I'll come back to her name. But it's called The History of White People. And in that book, you can find pictures of us enslaving the niggers. You'll find pictures of us with the Anglo-Saxon women in our harems selling them as sex slaves. So us as Asiatics, us as Moors, enslaved them first. They were enslaved for 360 years. And there's some records I've seen that says it was longer. And there's another history, historical part of that that I won't go into um, that is so deep that it's mind-blowing. And this, that deals with the origin, with their actual origin. But that's too too big of a subject to just skim over. Um, but we enslaved them first for at least 360 years. We took the, the woman and we sold her into slave, homes as, slave harems as a sex slave. Um, we took the man and we put him as a, slave, as a slave person in the field. We also hired them as mercenaries to fight to go fight our wars sometimes against our own people. These are the things that we were doing. If you read the book, um, I think Blacks and Brits, I think it is, you, you'll find that they, when they ask the question, what happened to the Moors, they make a, a, a statement that says the Moors lost their nobility because we started doing things that were crimes against nature. This goes back to 1 CE. And it actually goes back before that, but I'm actually dealing with the shallow part of history because the other part of history is just too big for us to go into tonight, honestly. So I don't want anyone to think or quote me and say, oh, he says that we only started doing this since 1 B.C. No, there's a way bigger history, you know, than that. But we're not going into it tonight. We're just going to deal with the more recent part of this history. So in 1 B.C., you can find factual evidence of us trading European women as slaves and so on and so forth. Now, 
part of that story goes from the fact that the men coming out of the 51st parallel are what we call the caucus men, um, who we now call the Europeans. When they came out of the 51st parallel, which is Caucasus Mound, over there in what we call Georgia, right outside of Russia, that's, called the, that's the 51st parallel. This is where they went through their ice age. When they came down after that ice age, they did not have anything for trade because remember that the first trade was basically the barter system, that if you grow oranges and I grow apples, I want some of your oranges so I give you some of my apples. That's how that was commerce. That's how that whole thing was done. There was no trade gold or silver. That's not what we did with that. We had a whole different science for gold and silver because we understood the alchemical effects of it and how it connects you back to the universe. Okay, so when they came down, they didn't grow vegetation over there in Europe. So after a few different attempts dealing with the, the, the dynasties of Asia who were African, okay, when they would meet up with us there or in different parts of what we now call the Middle East or different parts of what we now call Africa, uh, they didn't have anything to trade with. So what they did is because they had such a low regard for their women, they began to trade their women for food. They began to trade their children for food. We took their children. We took their women. This is when you start seeing the lightening up of Asia and the lightening up of the Middle East. So when you look at the people of the Middle East now and in Asia now, there's a historical record of their women crossing over, being sold into slavery, starting at around 1 BC, excuse me, 1 CE, and that's when this lightning up starts to occur. Okay, so we enslaved them first. Now, I just want to make that clear because they don't teach you that in school. They teach you that you were, you've been enslaved because you were the lowest of the low and blah, 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 blah. That's not true. But understand that because you were enslaved them first, there's a such thing as karma. And if there's anything you need to understand in this world, you need to understand karma. You cannot commit crimes against nature and think that you're going to run free. There is a such thing as karma. What you do will come back to you. Mm-hmm. Now think about slavery in that context. In that context. I need to say this. And I'm, and I'm, I'm probably going to lose some people here, and they're probably going to really uh, try to figure me out here. And that's okay. But this, my thoughts are my thoughts, my, my, my whatever. Um, she got me thinking about all my words. But it makes me think about it. I was having a conversation today, and I often think of this, and I, and I actually thought of this years and years ago, and, and nothing against um, biracial dating. But I remember a long time ago thinking, wow, how many white women, Caucasian women, but you know the correct word if that's the wrong word, are are interested in black men. And this this uh, thought came in my head at that time, years and years ago, that history is, this is, this is and I hate to say payback, but this is exactly what I thought. This is payback because these were not um, trailer parks. Women, if, if that's a good word to say, because that's what society is. These were not women that, or young girls, white girls who had 
um, didn't have other choices, or or it come, they're coming from you know the White House is on the hill, so to speak. But you see them out with uh, black men sometimes sagging with the dreads, and you know, I mean, even in my high school, uh, one of my brothers wanted to take white girls to the prom. Family, we just refuse that it will happen. Now, it happened behind the scenes, but we know that that's not who they want to walk in the door, period. But if you if you think about it, it's happening. You, you see the, the bright, blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl chasing, in most cases, black young men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now many people, uh, it's more brown people, so we can we can eliminate black and white here in a minute because there's more brown people than anything, if that's the right word to call it. We'll say tan, brown, uh, and it's hard to tell what nationality someone someone is. So when you when you say that, it makes me think on on that level of you saying you know it ha- it's gonna it's gonna circle around regardless. We cannot defeat nature. So gosh, it's, again, you go ahead because I'll get off the point here. So. No, not a problem. I mean, like I said, those are all things that we need to we need to talk about. I mean, there's nothing that you know, there's nothing that we can deal with that we don't need to deal with. So there is no thought that becomes irrelevant. You know, our history is so so vast, but it's so hidden that everything needs to be talked about. Every single thought, you know. So we can never think that a, that a comment or a question is crazy or stupid. Just we just can't because most people don't know. And the name of that author of the, the book is called The History of White People. Her name is Neil Painter, and it's one of the most critically acclaimed books and, uh, that you'll find on the it's called The History of White People by Neil Painter. And I'd advise everyone to pick that up. It's a, it's a really, really good read. Um, even tells you the history of the word Caucasian. Um, not the complete history, but they give you it gives you the history of when they started using it uh, to mean their whole um, race of people. Good book. But in that book, you will find the pictures of, the, of us Moors with these huge harems and the Anglo caucus women being sold as sex slaves, sex slaves. You will find that in that book. You can Google that online. Just Google uh, Moorish Harem, and it'll come up. Okay. So it's not, you know, it's not difficult. We just have to know the keys. The keys are the words that you use to find these things, and if you don't know the keys, you won't find it. I may post a picture of it on, on the left, you know, on, the, on the, um, the page to this, just so people can see it, you know, because some things we need to see. Because it, 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 it's important. That, that's an important factor in history. Okay. So when we see that, that's around that one CE landmark where you start seeing these things happening and so on and so forth um, in modern times. But if we move on up to 711, you have, in 711, you have the Moors go into Spain and conquer Spain. Okay, and remember, we just said the Moors were the Asiatics of Africa. They were called the Moors, Moors, 
Mari, so on and so forth. They go into Spain and they conquer it. And have you ever heard of the Rock of Gibraltar? The what? The Rock of Gibraltar? No. Okay. The rock, you've seen the Prudential sign, right? For the insurance company Prudential? Yes. Uh huh. Yes. Okay, that's the Rock of Gibraltar. Now, that is the rock in, in Spain, the rock of Gibraltar. The rock in Spain that we came to, okay, the trek, the, the, the travel from Morocco to Spain is an hour and a half in boat. So it's just going across a peninsula, basically. It's not very long. It's about an hour and a half between Morocco and Spain. And that rock of Gibraltar, Gibraltar means Tariq when you do the history. So the name means rock of Tariq because Tariq was the name of the general who took the Moors and, and the, uh, Moor, the Berber Moors into Spain to conquer. Now, if you do the research on the Moors in Spain, you'll find that we took running water into Spain. We took electricity into Spain. Yes, there's electricity electricity in this world uh, far before Thomas Anderson or whoever else they tried to say invented it. We took running, you know, we we, uh, lined the streets with pavement and lined the streets with with, uh, street lights. You just do the research and I'll tell you all of that. We actually had medicines. We burned Europe out of the Dark Ages. We took medicine there and told them they have to stop sleeping with their animals. Now, I know what pictures that brings up to people, and all those pictures that just came in your mind when I say sleeping with animals, those are true pictures. But they lived amongst their animals. The kings and queens in Europe lived in barns. This is where you have the bubonic plague, the smallpox, the black plague, and all those things that come out of Europe. It's because those things were bred by them being amongst their animals, and they created these different diseases. They try to say that these diseases came out of Asia and all this because, again, they try to deter their history and act like anything that bad, bad happened to them happened because of someone else. Before that, you had these people called the Vandals who, went, who had sacked, and these were other Anglo-Saxons, who went in there and ransacked and took over Europe. They were called the Vandals. Okay? The word we use now that comes from that word Vandal is vandalism. So now we say vandalism, which comes from the word, which comes from the word that that tells you the, the nation of people who went in there and started help destroying Europe, the Vandals and the Goths. The word Goths becomes the word Gothic. Mm. Okay. And so when we civilized, we civilized them. We opened up a university there, and the university is called the University of Salamanca. And it is the first university in Spain called the University of Salamanca. At the same time there was a university in Spain, Salamanca, there was the University of Timbuktu in, in Akebalan, in Africa. 
So I don't know if, you know, when y'all grew up, y'all used to say, I'm going to kick your butt all the way to Timbuktu and all that, but that was an yeah. actual university. Yes. Yeah. So they and, that, and never knowing where, where it came from or what it meant. I mean, never really knowing it, just exactly. things we pick up, just, just never yeah. really knowing where it came from. Just, again, you know, I yeah. heard it, so I passed it yeah. on. Yeah. You know, so mm. that that's where... Um, we had Santa Monica, Timbuktu. They were all universities. Those were both universities that was run by us, and they were the universities of higher learning. Okay, now we had other universities before that. You had Luxor and, and Hikpatah, and that's Egypt. You know, we had all types of universities, okay? But we taught them over in Spain. We brought them um, in, into civilization. Now, when we started to do this, we invited them and the Europeans and the Jehutis, or what we what are called the Jews, we invited them into the, to the university. We began to teach them agriculture and farming. We taught them how to read and write. We taught them navigation. Remember, in your books in school, they tell you that they thought the world was flat, and then they make up this lie like Christopher Columbus was the first person with some courage to sail and he thought he was going to drop off the end of the earth, and they give you this big fictitious story. But what they don't tell you is that on that first vessel, he had moors with him who was navigating, and then they end up getting um, getting lost for, you know, blah, blah, you know, blah, 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 blah. A person can read his, his articles, and you can find out all the answers to that, but they don't tell you that part. But we taught them how shipbuilding. We taught them all these things. Now, when you go deep into that history, though, um, you start finding that everybody over in Spain, even though most of the Moors there practice Islam, okay, and but everyone over in Spain could practice their own set of religion or virtues without in peace. There was no such thing as you having to be a part of Islam. If you want to be a Jew, be a Jew. If you want to be a Christian, be a Christian. If you want to just you know, have all these spiritual practices, you know, do, do you. We're going to live over here in peace. But the problem with it was is that we wasn't always living in peace with each other. Even Tariq, when he went over there, he was fighting with the Moors. And when we got to land in Spain, he sanctioned the Moors to live on a less fertile part. And so we have the segregation and infighting going on with us. Okay, now eventually that will be our collapse over there. Now that collapse happened in January of 1491. Okay, now the history of Thanksgiving is wrapped up in there, see. And that's another thing I'm, you know, let's look at that. The history of Thanksgiving comes from the fact that it was in November of 1490, I think it was. Uh, No, yeah, 1491, November 1491, Ferdinand and Isabella sanctioned with the the, um, permission of the Pope to go and usher all the Moors out of Spain, to kill them, do whatever, torture them. You have permission of the Church of Christianity to do so. It's a historical fact. With that, the Pope declared that excommunication and, and getting rid of them 
at the day of Thanksgiving. These Moors and Berbers were from Turkey. That's why you eat turkey on Thanksgiving. To commemorate your ancestors, the Turks, being pushed out of Spain. That's the origin of Thanksgiving. So, when they sailed over here, when Christopher Columbus got over here, he met and he called them Indians. The reason he called them Indians is because he thought he landed in Hindustan. Now, Hindustan is what we now call India which is where you get the term Indian, which comes from the word indigo, which deals with the complexion and the darkness of the people. Now, in all of their discoveries and all of their writings and so on and so forth, they will always, they'll seem to use the word more and Indian in the same sentence to let you know that the Indians were the Moors. But we keep calling these people who are Asian from China the Indians. The people on the reservations now are not the true indigenous Hattachinists, which means tied to the land, people of this continent. The true people of this continent are the people they call Indians or the Moors. And I'm going to read you something from a book. Uh, it's called Ancient and Modern Brick. And it's on page 46. And um, let me see if I can find it here. It's a little, it's a little bit of a passage, but I, I want to read it in, in completion because it, they show uh, the writings of, of Shakespeare and so on and so forth. And it says, Now when Claudian wrote, and for a long time after Morris, signified a great deal more than a native of Mauritania. Or it may be more correct to say Mauritania implied as much, though in a different quarter as Scythia did. Any Latin dictionary, any old one at least, will tell you that Morris is a Moor, a Blackamoor, or a Tawny Moor. And Shakespeare uses the word Moor as a synonym for Negro. As that last word, as that last word bears nowadays a somewhat restricting meaning, it may be better to take the old-fashioned blackamoor as the nearest English rendering of more signifying thereby any black or brown-skinned man. Consequently, the translation of Claudian's line is, he is subdued, he subdued the nimble blackamoors, not wrongly named the painted people. Painted people. So now we're talking about how we used to paint ourselves. Now it goes on to say, and the British picks, like those of other lands, stand out again as dark skinned people, the British picks. Contemporary witness with Morris is, is Gorm found at the. He says, Gorm found the usage outlasted Shakespeare by at least two generations. In a brief narrative of the encounters between the early colonists of New England 
and the Native Indians, I find it stated that these unfortunate gentlemen were intercepted by 700 Moors with whom they fought for the space of four hours to not only they two, but Captain Sharp and 51 Christian Moore lay dead upon the place. And again, and again that a woodcock 10 miles from these cottons on the 16th day was a little skirmish between the Moors and the Christians, wherein there was of the, of the near letter three slain and two wounded, and the only two Indians killed. Which you, now, did you see how they just used more for the people they were battling? Then they called them the, the Moors Indians when they said they were killed? Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's coming out of the book uh, Black. Uh, let me go back up here. I got the true title of it already. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and pull our caller in just to get yeah, me looking for that. And so oh, Anthony, you're in queue with us, and we have we had something going on in the chat line, but I believe he had to get off because he didn't answer my question. So uh, Anthony, you go on and, and share with us. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, great show. I just tuned in maybe about 20 minutes ago. Got here a little bit after nine. Uh, great show as far as the history about Moorish and. Um, African history. A uh, question I got for uh, Brother Andre is that when you have all this information and you're trying to share it with people or explain it to people who kind of been used to living a certain way spiritually or historically, um, are you finding resistance from them accepting the information or refuse to to accept it? And lastly, um, what I'm finding is that a lot of people know the truth but they still are willing to live a lie. What are your What are your thoughts about that? Well, when you say resistance, I would say no. But if you turn resistance movement, I would say only sometimes. So I don't find that people really resist, and I, and I think that that happens because people, when they start hearing the information, people generally will feel like they're not educated enough to resist or agree. So people usually would just, you know, talk talk about it, you know, and, and we'll discuss it. But some people move on it, some people don't. And a lot of it goes down back to the fact that you're comfortable right now. And when you mm-hmm. learn that these things that you've been lied to, that means that you have to do something. So what are you mm-hmm. going to tell your, your son or your daughter you have a responsibility now to tell them the truth. And I feel like, honestly, when I'm dealing with people, is that that is the way, the main thing that um, makes them hesitate, is the responsibility of knowing the information, because you have to do something with it now. Right. Um, what was your second question? Um, so what was my second question? I think the second question was basically saying, like, um, well, it really wasn't a question. It might have been a statement more along the lines of, like, what I'm discovering when I share the same information um, that you're sharing with a lot of people, that some people are aware of it, but they still choose to live a lie, uh, especially when you're talking about in the religion realm, like when you talk about Christianity, when you talk about pretty much the story that we was fed of, of Jesus Christ, and you mm-hmm. show people the evidence, um, the documentation, 
and, and things of this nature, they still choose to live their life. Yeah, I, I would say that I've seen it. I've, I've run into certain family members, actually, which is interesting. I said, you know, when I first was learning the information um, and it was really new to me, I asked some of my elders within my family, and they was like, yeah, I knew we were called more. And I'm looking at them like, and you didn't tell me that, really? So you, <laughs> right. let me walk, you know, you let me walk around here calling myself a misnomer all this time, and you knew that you didn't see me, you know, this bogus story. Right. And, and I will say I've seen that. You know, I, I've, I've encountered that. You know, a lot of people um, aren't moving as quick as they, they need to. I will say that the people who I concentrate on more are the children um, because the adults are already branded and refuse mm-hmm. to take off their brand a lot of times. It's kind of like, you know, telling somebody, you know, why you wearing Tommy Hilfiger clothes when he ain't already said I don't make clothes for black people. I really don't care about them, but people still go out and buy them because they're comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want to take a stand. So I see that a lot. Right. Absolutely. You know what, you guys, and something else makes me think about what's said about if you don't want black people to know something, put it in a what? A book. Put it in a book. Put it in a book. And I hear that the etymology dictionaries are are, are the most expensive books. And they're probably going to get even more expensive now uh, that people are, are wanting to become aware of of things like this. And so, but even and even though it's said, how many people really sit down and read a book? They'll choose scandal over reading a book, or choose reality TV over reading a book to get the knowledge for yourself. Even the Bible. And and I can say I used to be one of those people. I grew up just going by what I was taught, what I heard. But when I sit and, and read it for myself, I did deeper, because, and I found myself going back to, under, to in order to understand this. Now i got to go back, and sometimes I've gotten a completely, totally different understanding. So yeah. it takes work, and I think people reject it because they people, people don't want to do that. They don't want to they have to acknowledge that I, it's a lot that I just really don't know. And if we think mm-hmm. about how our ancestors were taught and doing that time and process and who they were taught by. I mean, couldn't even read, had to sneak and read. I mean, Frederick mm-hmm. Douglass snuck and read, and we won't go into, and we could go read free at Barnes and Noble. They'll let you sit there and put the book in front of you and read it for free mm-hmm. if you don't have the money to buy it. But, you know, it, so it's so much you write that we know we just don't want to do. We don't mm-hmm. want to do enough to, to grow to grow forward or to move forward and to come into awareness. Because you first have to be aware of who you are and, and how far astray you you have grown. I know that's for me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly, and it's, like I said earlier, as I learn, I, I realize there's so much that I don't know. It's like starting over again. Yeah. Well, I, and, I like and that's the start. Go ahead, brother. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, a lot of this stuff I liken to us being in a coma. And anyone who knows to, when you get in a coma, it takes a traumatic in- incident to get you into that coma. And then most doctors will tell you that it usually takes that same type of, um, not incident, but that same type of um, emotion, feeling, or incident, or whatever someone may want to term it as, to get you out of the coma. So right now, our people are in a deep, 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 deep sleep, and that sleep is comfortable. It's very, very comfortable for them. They're happy, you know, um, 
with with going to church. They're happy with, or I shouldn't say they're happy. They're okay with seeing mega churches, but homeless people living around them. They're okay exactly. with their kids getting miseducated. They're okay with it, and that's exactly. shown by their actions. But they're comfortable. And that responsibility that comes. I mean, I've heard people say um, that, oh, that's just, that's just too much work to find out all that stuff. I mean, I literally have someone tell me that. And this is, yeah. this is some of the people's mindset, you know. And, and, and even to add to that, I've even gone a step further. You know, as far as sharing information, I'll give them YouTube videos. I'll give them the page number. Like Brother uh, Andre, who just a minute ago gave out a book and the page number for you to read. No, I would do that. I would give you shortcuts. You know, just read page 51, paragraph 4, and that would help you with what you're trying to understand. And you will still find people who are resistant to do that. Mm-hmm. So the only thing you can continue to do is share the information and then let the universe do, do, do the rest as far as hoping that they got them into the information, really accepting the information. And like Brother Andre said, once you get the information, what are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. Are you just going to sit on it? Are you going to explain it to your kids, which is the process that I'm in now with my kids? You know, my son is 18, my daughter 14, <laughs> and I've had to revamp everything because because I was raised in the Christian church. That's naturally what I put them through. And, you know, now mm-hmm. the question is like, okay, why why are you not going anymore, Dad? Well, this is why I'm not going. I'm explaining it to you. I'm going to break it down to you. I had the same conversation with my mom. She asked. She noticed that I wasn't going, <laughs> and I explained it to her showed her my documentation, and showed her where I was at with it. And, and, you know, she respected it, and she's actually questioning some things herself. But the natural person, if they're not really connected with you, if it's an association, they will give you all the resistance in the world, even you when you prove to them that, hey, this is what's going on. Real quick, I don't know if you guys remember maybe a few months ago, um, earlier this year, um, the brother Joe Osteen had put a statement on his website I guess he was doing some research of his own, and he came to start questioning Christianity. Basically, he was becoming conscious. And I'll tell you, it was only on there. It was only at like 6 in the morning, and they took it down like 12 hours later. And there was a report on CNN saying that he had kind of lost his mind. Um, He was sick. He was under pressure. But the problem was, immediately, the congregation started suing him for millions of dollars. The congregation was about to sue him, like, hey, you're trying to tell us Jesus Christ is not real. You're trying to tell us this is a story. But now if you notice, it totally went down. I saved the link to it because I wanted to put it in my archive, and I promise you not even 12 hours later, they went into there, and you can't even pull it up. So if I was to try to have to provide some sources for you, it would be like I'm lying because you cannot even pull it up. Mm-hmm. But, right. brother, I can tell you from wow. the people that I talked to that it was absolutely true. And then I don't know if, if anyone's familiar with the work of Dr. Um, Ray Hagen, black brother. Yeah. He was he was engulfed in the, in the Christian church, and they was going to offer him a mega, a mega church kind of like T.D. Jakes. <laughs> but he did some homework, and he started to become conscious, and he turned down the mega church. And now he's just, you know, with a smaller congregation, but he's teaching people the right way. So we have to start mm-hmm. understanding. And then it's been even noted for T.D. T.D. Jakes, and i got to put these names out here. That he's been, on, I think I'm going to try to find a leak on YouTube. He's been quoted of saying that Jesus Christ is nothing but a marketing tool. That's how I make my money. But because people put him on a pedestal, they overlook these statements. Oh, we have to pay attention. 
to what these people are saying. Look at the brother Creflo Dollar. Why do you have dollar in your name? It's visual. You attract. You attract what you put out there. So I'm going to say Reverend Creflo Dollar. He's attracting dollar. He's not attracting knowledge. He's not attracting spirituality. He's attracting dollars. Wake up, people. Wake up. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, well I, want, I, I want to say this because uh, we do have, I mean, my show is based on, on, on it's spiritual, for me, it's spiritual based. And I, I, do, have a, I do have a relationship. I don't, I don't ever get into religion or call myself uh, Christian because the more I learn about Christianity, and, and not even that, the more I see people who say they are religious, who say they are um, followers of God, even from our young people, they're looking in and they see how I was looking in and see, hey, really, what I'm reading here and what I see in you consistently doesn't match up. I didn't want to be one of those ones that just follow. Um, well, it came to a point where I no longer wanted to. I wanted to understand and I wanted to have a relation, my own personal relationship, and not just because. To, to say you're a Christian means to me that you're going to change, this, that you, who you are, is going to change because the, the, the Word tells us so much about who we are um, and that we have to renew our mind. A lot of people, a lot of scriptures are left out, and I do, there are some pimp-out preachers, and I, I, I said it and I'm going to say it again, and there are millions of people who are following pimp-out dollar preachers. And will sit before you and say, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I know this person is, is not doing this and not doing that, but he can preach. And my question is, preach what? Preaching what? Mm-hmm. Do you preach you how to say how they are, say how you are? So mm-hmm. for, for me and for, for this show, I just need everybody to understand that I have a relationship with God. I, I have a relationship with God. Um, I have I question even with I have conversations with my son about there's so much in the Bible and some things are conflicting. Some things I go back and and I have to go back and read again and say now this just says something else. So I yeah. choose to have a relationship with with God and continue to dig deep and read my Word and pray and I see the change in me um, because Can I don't want anybody. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. No, no, I'm not trying to cut you. I'm sorry, but I just wanted to add to that. If you sit down and have a real conversation with the atheist, they have a relationship with God, but it's from a scientific perspective, if you understand what I'm saying, because they understand that the religion part of it is a bunch of crap. I just have to say that. But when you really talk to them, like, say, what don't you believe? They say, well, I don't believe this. I don't believe that. But I meditate. I do this. I am spiritual. Well, that's the connection. God is within yeah. you, your own type of unique way. So it's not that they don't right. believe. They just refuse to be manipulated the way some of us were growing up. Right. You know, and and there's some that – go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, yeah. what I was going to say is that there was a uh, – something I put on Facebook. Um, probably it was about a year ago. But I'll, I'll give you the, the short of it. But I, I gave the, the painted the picture of how we became Christian, and that mm-hmm. picture started off with us offering someone comfort in our home who is a stranger. While we're offering him comfort in our home, and we offer to feed him and his family, 
And when we do that, we give them food, we do all these things for them. While we're doing this, we're sitting at a table, and he tells us, I have this great God of peace and of love. So we say, okay, well, this is, we have a spiritual system. And he says, but I have a great God of peace and love. And so then we excuse ourselves when we go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And while as a man goes to the bathroom, these strangers that we bring in our home start to rape and molest our wife, our daughter. They start to molest our son. And we come back and we're like, what, 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 have you, what have you done? What's the problem? And all they're saying is that they have this God of peace and of love. So eventually they take us into slavery. And all this time, they're telling us why they're enslaved and why they're still molesting and raping our wife, why they're molesting our daughters, why they are sodomizing our sons and whooping them. They keep telling us that, we have, that they have this great God of love and of peace. This continues on. Eventually they tell you that you're going to change your name to represent us and our great God of peace and love. And they're doing this and why they're doing this and they're telling you, your, your husband to change his name, they're beating him. You're going to change your name, and this, your name is going to represent us and this great God of peace. Eventually, we out of survival, we accept it out of survival. Because we needed to survive, we accept it. Not because we believed it. But mm-hmm. this, this is the same people who keep, and they keep telling us this God is a peace and love, and every time... They say peace and love, they hit us, or they, they rape our wife, or they molest or sodomize our son or our daughter. Eventually, after generations, we start to teach our sons and daughters about this great God of peace and love. And the image that we show our sons and daughters is now the image of the, that looks just like the people who are molesting our daughter and son. The image looks just like them. And then eventually we come to a modern-day time and we're still saying it. And then someone comes to our door and he says, hey, brother, you know what? I'm tired of, of these things going on in our neighborhood, and I want us to join together as a community. I want us to sit down. I want us to rebuild it. And what we have to do first, though, is that we first have to give them back their white God. And then your ancestor says, What? What you mean? Don't be talking about my Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he slams the door on the brother who came there to rebuild the community. Then he goes back mm-hmm. to his wife, and the wife, wife says, "Baby, who was that at the door?" And he says, "Some nigga. That nigga was crazy. Come on, giving up Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's our that's our condition. We we bowed into something that our ancestors did to survive. The Baptist Church came about because of survival." Matt Turner was a Baptist preacher who was a revolutionary. But we bought into it and we believed this story that we actually taught them because it comes from I saw I said in her room. Now they give us the Trinity and there's no woman in it. I don't know a man that wasn't born from a woman. So how do you have a Trinity and it don't have a woman in it? That that's not rational. But we'll buy into it because we'll say that God told us, but who's your God? Exactly. It's the guy you got hanging up. So, exactly. Have you all heard of Carson Pearson? 
Are you familiar with, and, and, and I have to actually be back at the hospital here at 10 o'clock, so I'm going to have to close down in, in about five minutes. But have you okay. all heard of Carson Pearson? Are you familiar with that name? I have it. No. No, I can't say that I have. I have it. Okay. Well, well, I, what well I, I want I, go ahead. No, I, I just said before, because I'm, I'm going to let you go, but then, what I, what I tell people when they're in a situation, when they're in a crossroad like this with their spirituality, if they are, um, don't take my word for it. Don't take Andre's word for it. Don't take Tammy's word for it. I say study the evidence. Trace the evidence down, what is called primary evidence. Research the evidence and the evidence to show you exactly what we're trying to explain. But it's the thing is, are you going to accept the evidence? And that's the hardest part that I'm seeing to have with a lot of people. Uh, Tanya, again, I congratulate you and commend you on even attacking topics like these, and we'll talk more off the air, and I'll connect with Brother Andre about making this more of a, 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 a um, the word I'm looking for, more of a consistent situation we're doing this more often. And, and take some time, too, to look up for both, for all of us, really, because someone actually, a friend of mine mentioned Carson Pierce to me, Pearson to me, um, mm-hmm. Some, some years ago, and he was, I think, the first black um, tele- evangelist or something like that from way back mm-hmm. when he when he started preaching a different uh, word. They took him off. Kind of like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know. Am I saying it's a Pearson yeah. or per- Pearson? Pearson he, he, or Pearson? Right, he preaches inclusion. Okay. I'm, just, yeah. I'm, I'm writing them down now. And another thing, is, to me, when you look at our so-called um, black leaders, uh, to me, you're not a successful black leader unless you killed off or put in jail. When you look at the uh, the Black Panther, Black Panther Party, what happened to them? They were successful, so they were either killed off or put in jail. When you look at Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, what happened to them? They were successful, so they were even killed off and both. They were both put in jail. We don't have any real leadership, so what we have to do, we have to form our own within these communities by doing shows like these, by um, sharing information, stop debating the information, and just tracing back the primary evidence. And I'm going to leave it alone because I can go on, but, you know, I'm going to try to cut it short, but I appreciate y'all again. <laughs> well, thank you for, for always joining. I'm looking forward to the future shows so that we can get deeper. And it's about understanding and awareness, and it starts with understanding and, and knowing who you are. For me, finding out who I am, where I, where I come from, why I act certain ways, do certain things, Believe even the way I believe. As now I start to to understand myself and read and get an understanding. So uh, thank you, Anthony. We do have another caller, so I, I'm gonna go for about five more minutes before I get off. So I don't know if you wanted to stay on. We're gonna take another call though. Do you have time, Andre? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Okay, yeah, I'm good. Okay. Just just meet me, Sammy, because my background about to be loud. So just mute me out. Okay, okay. All right. Okay, and we're going to bring on our caller from 901 with the last four of 8714. You're on the air with us. How are you? It's real. How are you there? Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't didn't bring you in. I did you wrong. So now you're on the air with us. So if you were saying something, start over. Oh, yes, I'm I'm fine. And I just want to quickly say real briefly that the people who are listening to this information regardless of what your religious background is, do not allow fear to hold you back. And because I know a lot of people, when I get into conversations with like with, with religious people or people who call themselves Christians, mainly Christians, 
they they always tell me I'm too analytical. I don't um, I think too much. And really, I mean, if you want to ask God something, you you have to ask Him. I mean, you you have to you have to ask why, you know, that type of thing. You know, simply ask, seek, and knock. You know, fails ask. But I mean, I notice it seems as if people that's in religion or Christianity they allow fear to hold them back from continually to learn this information or or even to start because they're they're automatically are taught that, well, this is of the devil, this is of Satan, but they don't even know what those words mean and um, or the origin of those words. And 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 they've allowed that that doctrine to keep them from proceeding to know about this information. So really all I'm saying, I'm just encouraging you all, you know, this is is your life and you should uh, not allow fear to overcome you and to take you and prevent you from studying this information yourself. I mean, because, and, and even when they say, well, I study and I research, they're only studying and research within that religion or within that uh, the context of Christianity, and they, they, will not go in, they will not go out any further. Um, but, uh, but, I mean, even the Bible itself, study to show thyself approved. I mean, and it, that's, that's just a real general statement. It, does, it didn't say, you know, study to, study to show thyself approved within the, in, within the biblical context. It just says study short by self or through without a book. I forgot the rest of the text, but that's all I wanted to say was uh, That's a good point, there, Cody. That, that, that's a yeah, good point yeah, but, because a lot of people don't do not do that. They don't study. I was the one that didn't study. I didn't read it. I just went by what I was taught. That's a great point. So for those of who, who, who you're talking to, uh, that's a, like I said, start there. If you're not reading your word, if you're just going on Sunday and you're not reading your word, studying whatever you choose to study you what you're saying you represent or who you who you represent you couldn't even read but a few quote a few scriptures if that and sometimes not with a real understanding uh, mm-hmm. of what comes before that and after that yes and i mean oh, i'm sorry go ahead oh you know what i was just going to reiterate that point i, I think that a lot of the the doctrines and, and this really and i want to say it to everyone who maybe chimed in late this show wasn't really about you know, dog, being dogmatic towards any religion, but what we what we are talking about is what Cody said: study, study everything. Most of these, unfortunately, when you're dealing with these uh, these religions or these different sects, what they want you to do is keep you inside of a box. So if if, if you are a Catholic, they tell you to only read Catholic material. If you're a Jehovah's Witness, only read Jehovah's Witness material, because that keeps you in their box of of, of thought. Well. Any true scholar, any true person who's really trying to learn knows that facts, have, there's no argument when it comes to facts. So if what this, this particular book, whether it's the Bible or any other book you're reading, if it, if it cannot stand a fact check, then it means that it's false. And that means that you have to be willing to go outside of your normal train of thought to test the theory. Because until you test them, it's conjecture. Conjecture means to make a decision based off of partial information. So we have to get out of that, and we have to stop letting these different sets tell us what we can read. Read everything, whether you agree with it or don't. Read everything until you get to a point where you can determine facts from fiction. Exactly. I've been told that by many people who... um I've not did that, but I've been told 
told that by many people, and, and I'll share this before coming to a close. I remember I might have shared this the last show when um, this person that I knew and had known for a very long time had no idea that his religion was Jehovah Witness. He was a Jehovah, Jehovah Witness. And mm-hmm. uh, when I found out, I was, like, just amazed. I was young. I was thought, you can't be, because I was always taught that they were evil. Um, don't let them in your house. Don't do this. Don't look. And that's, so this person was totally, totally the opposite of all of that I had been told. And I ended up going to a service with this person. Just I was interested. I, I thought, okay, it's not going to matter because I believe what I believe. And I've always been that way and still am now. I could go worship anywhere because because I go with you doesn't mean I'm worshiping your way. I'm still me and believe what I believe. But when I went and my family found out I had gone, they went they went crazy. Like, what were you doing there? Why would you go and and I like it was. I, I mean, they didn't they didn't kill me. They didn't they they didn't burn candles and put me over it. Or it it wasn't a weird service, you know. So it's again, I was made to believe one thing about, and I put all of them in this category. And which it made me not even want to associate to the point so much so when I found out this person was, I thought, I gotta I gotta see because you're totally nothing like I was told. Nothing. So it's a lot yeah. out there. Well, you know, I appreciate you having the show, Terry. I think it's a great discussion and I look forward to again working with you and Anthony, uh to do whatever is needed to keep continuing getting this information out. Right, and I guess what, just for our listeners, what we plan to do is join uh, join in and start doing some shows together so we can just have a bigger audience, which will bring more conversation, um, which which I think helps to bring understanding. Uh, the more Because it's, it's obvious that people are not going to really pick up a book and read about it. It's overwhelming, and, and even listening, um, Andre, sometimes it does. Even I sit here and listen, I think, wow, okay, this is, this is too much, and so maybe I need to start in baby steps uh, because we're, we're trying to put off a lifelong of history that's been put on us. And to, in order right. to understand that, I think you, all, you, very, you really have to understand who you are and where you fit in and all this um, as well. But you have to at least start, in my opinion. We have to at least start. Look at what's going on in the world. If what we're doing is the right way, there's a church on every corner, and I'm not saying this is not about religion. I mean, because I don't want anybody to go back saying butterfly evolution is not is whatever you, you think. But there's a church on every corner, and we're losing marriages by an alarming number, which is breaking down families, which is in result our children are without. And so, if we, if if we, who are we serving? See, and I think a lot of times people don't want to talk about it because now I got to look at me. Like like Cody said, read to show thyself approved. Are you reading? Do you have an understanding? Have you searched? And a lot of them can say no. And so why why talk about it? But we can't. I can't. I won't sit here and say just because you believe how you believe that you are going to hell. I, I I'm not gonna say that because I'm not God. I can't send you to hell or heaven. So uh, Andre, anything else you want to add? And we'll no. get together and schedule another show, but anything you want to add? No. You know, I know you need to uh, get to the hospital, so I don't want to keep you any longer. Um, so, you know, I'll, we'll just um, pick up where we left off next time, and um, there's a whole lot okay. that I didn't get to, a whole lot that I skipped over. So 
there's much, much more work that we have to do. And like I said, you know, my my thing is that I'm here to get it out. So, you know, let's let's get it done. Right. And I just want to tell the people to get some questions together for 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 the next uh, session. Just get some things together. And if you want to submit them early on, you can. If not, we'll do what we can. Uh, well, Andre will do what he can to get them answered uh, on the show. But but let's start talking about it. Uh, we should be able to come together and talk. I mean, about any subject, especially if we are believers. So get get some questions uh, for us. You can send them to the chat line. You don't have to come online and do that. Or you can submit them to either of us through our inbox, and you can say, don't use my name or whatever, but let's talk about it. So I want to thank everybody that, that called in tonight. Uh, special thanks, Andre, for you, to you for doing this and bringing such awareness uh, to everyone. So thank you, and we'll connect about doing uh, the date for the next show. Okay? Definitely. Definitely. All right. Thanks, everyone. Everyone have a good night. All right. But I know 